Hi, my name is Melanie Walker, and this is my narrative. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, but I wasn't always. On New Year's Eve in 1971, a couple of teenagers became parents. Two years later, they gave birth to their little girl's best friend. I call him my brother. I don't even pretend to know what life was like for my mother, but I do know that it was bad enough that she took two small children and she ran. Abuse, addiction, and abandonment have forced her to make some tough decisions, and now she was a teenage single mother of two. Thank God she had praying parents. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. My mom was on her own journey, searching high and low for a love that can only be found in Christ. And as she searched, she set an example for me to follow. She did find love again. She married when I was four, and I still call him daddy today. With no children of his own, he stepped into another man's shoes and has been wearing them ever since. Addiction and abandonment found my family again, and my parents divorced when I was 17, and this rocked my world. The quiet, good girl that retreated to her room and into her schoolwork just wanted to escape, and so I ran. I started hanging out with a different group of kids at school, the ones that skipped and partied. I had never participated in the types of activities before. I desperately wanted to fit in and to belong, so I started drinking with them. This behavior led me down a path of destruction that ended in being raped at one of those parties. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. My life took a drastic turn, but not in the direction you would hope. I was consumed by shame and guilt, and I wanted so desperately to be loved and to belong. I set out to find love, but found myself left feeling empty and dirty time after time. So I decided I would just seek after marriage, and maybe this would bring me love. And that's just what I did. I married the next guy I dated, had a big, beautiful wedding, and two months later I walked into our home, and there he was with my best friend. I was devastated and struggled with feelings of not being good enough, so I ran as fast as I could into the arms of the next man. Marriage number two. I was determined to give everything I had to make this one work, and in the first two years of our marriage, we had two beautiful children, and I believe, finally, I had everything that life was supposed to hold. I belonged to someone, and I had purpose now. I did pour everything I was into this marriage and being the best mom that I could be. Shortly after having my second child, my husband decided that he couldn't handle the responsibility of a wife and two children. He walked away and he never looked back. And with some serious emotional baggage and questioning my worth, I was on to the next. This one put me on a pedestal, paraded me around in front of his friends. He made me feel beautiful and wanted. And I welcomed these new feelings with my guard down and my arms open. Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of life. But I was completely unguarded. It wasn't long into this relationship that I started experiencing emotional abuse. After he completely tore down my self-worth, the physical abuse began. And I wish I could say I ran as fast as I could, but I was caught in a cycle of abuse that is only understood if you've been there. Too much time passed hoping that things would change and dragging my children through my hell. And in this hell, I searched for ways to cope, and I quickly became an addict. I used substances to numb the pain, but instead I fell deeper into the darkness, 
that had become my life. During what would be a final night of abuse, I attempted suicide. As I lay in my bathroom floor, bleeding out, my daughter woke and found me. She was five years old. She called 911 and she saved my life that day. I wish I could tell you that my journey of destruction ended there, but I was still an addict with the desire to be loved and to belong somewhere. I had no idea what real love was, but I knew I had to find something to fill the emptiness that was consuming me. Matthew 6.33 says, To seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. So on to the next. Marriages 3 and 4. But that's a story all of its own. This one, he was my dealer. He conveniently fed my addiction, but this time with a new drug called meth. And I was immediately hooked. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. For hope and a future. Several years into my addiction and completely beat down emotionally, I found myself on what I would have called a normal morning, where I rushed my children out to the door to the school bus, ready to go get my fix for the day. It was January 8, 2006. I watched my children on a dark, cold morning running out to the bus. and They were f so full of joy. I'm sure this morning was no different for them, and the joy I saw that morning was probably there in the days before, but that morning my eyes were open to it. I realized in that moment that I wanted whatever it was that they had. How could they be so happy in the midst of the hell that I had created for their life? I was miserable, and I knew something had to change. I just didn't know how. On that morning, I cried out to a God that I only knew from watching my grandparents live their lives in front of me. I dropped to my knees on the kitchen floor, sobbing. I screamed at him, If you're everything that my grandparents say that you are, I need you to save me from myself because I don't know how to let this go. And I wish I could describe some super spiritual display that happened in that moment, but I can't. I had not realized just how empty I was until I met him there on my kitchen floor. All my broken pieces somehow just seemed to feel whole. My grandparents' prayers were answered in a moment of complete surrender. Their Jesus was now my Savior. In Psalms it says, Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But how could I possibly give him glory? It also says in Isaiah 43, To fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One, your Savior. I was desperate, and I realized that I needed Him, so I cried out to Him, and He showed up. Psalms 107.14 says it like this, He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. I was free. I wanted my husband to join me, but instead he chose to walk away from our marriage and continue the lifestyle that I was ready to leave. I needed to find help someone who could understand exactly what it was that I was going through. I knew I couldn't do it alone, so I called a church that I had visited once, a church where the pastor made me laugh. Who knew you could laugh in church without getting smacked in the back of your head by your grandmother? 
And what do you know, the pastor even answered the phone. I was nervous. I asked permission to come to his church. And he responded, you don't need permission. But you don't know what I've done, I told him. He said, no, I don't, but God does, and he still loves you. I found my place there. It was then called Hendersonville Pentecostal Holiness Church, now called Upward Christian Fellowship. They had also just started a recovery ministry a couple weeks earlier. (laughs) That's the way God works. I attended every function they had and would have camped out in their parking lot if they had let me. My children and I grew strong in Christ there and made many friends that I consider family. And after six years in my recovery, God called me to another church straightway, a.k.a. Ascend, a.k.a. Relate, (laughs) where I formed lifelong relationships that continue to provide me and my children even today with counsel and guidance. It was a while serving there at Relate that I reconnected with some of my dear friends um, that I met early in my recovery. I had some mechanical issues, you see, so I stopped into their shop to get my car looked at. They had a new mechanic. No, Melanie, no. You are not. You are dating Jesus. I left there that day with the real spiritual flesh battle going on. That mechanic had beautiful eyes. And then it happened. He asked me out. I accepted, but then I stood him up. I was so scared. Every relationship I had been involved in had left me broken. But he did not stop pursuing me. He was relentless. I was so mean to him. I think I unfriended him and friended him several times on Facebook. It wasn't until my dear friend and her husband, his boss, came to visit me and pleaded his case. That made me think. Not every relationship I'd been in has left me broken. My current relationship with Jesus has made me whole. So I prayed and I visited their church the next week and I saw this man through a different set of eyes. I called him, told him that I would let him take me out to dinner. What he said next sealed the deal. It's about time. I prayed you into my life and you're not getting away. Needless to say, God was already at work. And one year later, I married him. And for the past four and a half years, he has drove me absolutely crazy, but in the best kind of way. And just when we were all settled into our new life, together there at our church home at Relate, It was announced on a Sunday morning that Relate was going to merge with Living Water. Kicking and screaming, we came to our first Sunday service, a bunch of misfits from Main Street, and we were welcomed with arms open. It wasn't far into worship, and we knew we were home. So now I needed to get involved, and there was talk about some new ministry starting at Living Water called Celebrate Recovery. I called, texted, and emailed a lady by the name of Karen Katz. And she would never respond to me. There was only one position left on the leadership team, and it was the encourager coach. That was exactly what I wanted. That was my gift. Why in the world hasn't she responded? Finally, she reached out to me, and we met. Done. I was the Living Water Celebrate Recovery Encourager coach, and now I would give back what God had given me. That was the only reason I wanted to serve. But God had other plans. I started my first step study to learn how to lead one and realized really quick that I had a ton of issues. I was in denial. Ten years into my recovery and I was stuck on the first step. But because of working those steps, finding a sponsor, building a support team, 
of accountability partners and serving within the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. I have faced my fear of conflict, acknowledged my mental health issues, made amends with many of the people that I've hurt and forgiven those that have hurt me. I was once known as Melanie Satterfield Goins Reese Workman Scarborough Goins. But because of my Jesus and many that have poured into my life, I am the wife of a wonderful husband, stepmom of twin 13-year-old boys, the mother of two beautiful children, and the grandmother of five. I am the North Carolina State Rep for Celebrate Recovery. I am the ministry leader for Liberty Water Celebrate Recovery, a certified peer support specialist serving God in a mental health and substance use walk-in clinic where I get to work the Step 12 every single day. But the title that I'm most fond of is Melanie Walker, child of the one true king. I am constantly broken, but in the best kind of way. And I am in awe of how he uses my messed up past to bring to those that feel no hope a hope that is everlasting. I am on my way to far greater things than I could have ever imagined. And I am honored to share his story with anyone who will listen. My story isn't over. And it won't be easy, but it, it will always be worth it. John 16.33 says, and these are Jesus' words as he was speaking to his disciples. I have told you all of this so that in me you will have peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I am a grateful believer in Jesus. Because of him I'm no longer a drug addict. I am healing from my past abuse, and my mental health issues no longer control me. He controls them, and my name is Melanie. Thank you for letting me share. And what would you say the most pivotal moment in your past would be? There were many moments that led up to that that I can look back at now and knew those were like seeds that were planted. But it was at that moment, I cannot even express, my kids were... 10 and 11 years old and they loved me like I could do no wrong and I had completely failed them as a mother put men before them put the drugs before them and the lifestyle before them but the one thing that my grandparents taught me when I was growing up as a child was to pray and I watched them pray I heard them pray they would pray before every meal um, before we'd go to bed and that was something that I wanted, even without having a relationship with Christ when I had my children. I wanted to share that with my kids. And so we would say the prayer, now I'll lay me down to sleep, every single night, even throughout my entire addiction. There wasn't a night, even if my kids spent the night somewhere, they would call me. Oh, wow. And we would say that prayer together. And my kids would always ask me, Mom, can we go to church? And I always had an excuse because I knew I would be partying and I would be up all night and I'm not going to church the next day. Um, and my, my son, LaShawn, called me out just a week or so before that, that day. And he said, Mom, it's not snowing. We have gas in the car. The power's turned on. I mean, he called me out on every excuse I'd ever given him. Can we please go to church? I remember that stopping me to think in that moment, but it didn't stop me from doing what I knew I was going to do, and that was get high. Mm. Um, 
But that morning when my kids went out to the bus, I was standing in the kitchen with them. They took care of themselves. They dressed themselves, fed themselves. They did everything. And how old were they at that time? 10 and 11. And um, they had the radio on and they were joking and cutting up. And I remember just being so frantic of needing to get high that I wanted them. I was frustrated and they were just happy. And I just wanted them out the house. Um, when they left, the music that was playing, I can remember to this day, I'd never heard Christian music. I didn't even know they made it like that. Um, I knew the hymns at Sunday school and church and stuff. But um, it was Casting Crowns. Does anybody hear her playing? And said she's running, I don't know, like running 100 miles an hour backwards, you know. Does anybody hear her? And... I watched them. I stood at the door looking out the window and watched them. And it was dark. And a good mom would have put them in the car and took them to the bus stop, had the heat on until the bus got there. And I know it was God in that moment. Like scales fell from my eyes. And I saw my kids' happiness and joy in a way I'd never seen it before. And um, I just hit my knees that day. And I, it's been 13 years this past January. And I can remember... It like it was yesterday. No matter the circumstance. They were loving life. And um, they still, you know, my daughter was the one who, in a moment of me attempting suicide, to, that she saved me at five years old and had enough in her to call 911. You know, after seeing that, you know, it was always my children that God used in my life that brought me to a place of just, I think, seeing him. And um, still to this day, they do it. On a, you know, and that one decision on January 8th, 2006, did not just change my life. It changed the course of my children's lives forever. And even my grandchildren. I mean, all of them know who Jesus is. All of them go to church. They have a relationship with the Lord, you know, and neither of my children have ever been addicts, you know, and they have thriving lives. I mean, they got stuff, but they live good lives. And if I continued on that path, I, you know, I'm sure I probably wouldn't be here today. That's right. And my name's Melanie, and that was my narrative.